And now for something completely different. Ah! Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story. Real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show. Presented by RIA Advisors. I don't know how completely different it's going to be based on the intro. We're barely breathing this morning. Welcome a, lot of, to, a lot of coffee flowing. Let me tell you. Welcome to Financial Fitness Friday. Rich Rosso. I was going to say Danny Rattler. Or Danny Penn. Or John Rattler. John Penn is here. Still CFPs squared. Gosh, we have a chock full of CFPs. A plethora. Sorry, ple- oh, ooh. ooh. I'm going to use the big word today. Plethora. A plethora. <laughs> At what age... Do you go from eating iced oatmeal cookies to coffee that tastes like iced oatmeal cookies? Because you can't really eat the cookies anymore. And the coffee really doesn't taste anything like iced oatmeal cookies. You know, I'm always disappointed with flavored coffee, even though I like it, because it never tastes. It, it, the flavor is like <laughs> scrumptious <laughs> apple pie. There was or, a... It, 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 I'm like, can't y'all get flavored coffee right? H-E-B. Three letters. H-E-B. Okay. Coffee. I actually, their, like I had their pumpkin, yeah. their pumpkin spice coffee actually did do the job. Well, you lost me at pumpkin spice. <laughs> okay. But, <laughs> but I mean, their flavored coffees tend to do a good job. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They tend to do. The Houston one tastes like catalytic converter. <laughs> It's got uh, a little bit of that metal to it, just a little bit of that aftertaste. Yeah, yeah, that tinny kind of <laughs> taste to it. Yeah. So, um. <laughs> the catalytic converter coffee. I love it. Come on. Well, what would be the na- nickname? Uh, cafe converter or <laughs> cafe catalytic? <laughs> cafe catalytic, or what would you call it? The, I'm trying to the figure. catalytic cafe. <laughs> the there catalytic. it is. Yeah, I had a. There was a. Our, my wife brought, or one of our kids brought home some coffee. It was like a supposed to taste like you were eating like, like a banana nut uh-huh. loaf with your coffee. The, the, and they try to combine it all together. Bad choice. Yeah, just it's no. hit or miss, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's hit or miss. That's why Black Rifle is good. It's just coffee. Death wish. Death or death mm. wish. Yeah, you just put your creamer in it and uh needs whatever. no mug needs no mug it's you just slice it you just cut it with a knife you know it comes out like the cranberries <laughs> out of the can <laughs> thanksgiving that's how it comes out it, in that gel <laughs> it just plops right out gosh there's nothing better than that sound it's like a seinfeld episode you're eating your coffee with a f- what is that a fork <laughs> like your snickers bar uh-huh. love it i'm sure they make snicker bar co- coffee that tastes nothing like Snickers bars. Speaking of nothing like, there's nothing like the 10-year treasury to hit 5% to really put a kibosh on stocks. So 10-year treasury hit 5% yield, first time since 2007. John Penn had a lot of hair then. I remember him back then. Still trying to have some left <laughs> these days. Yeah. But um, it's, you know, the psychological limit of hitting that, um, we'll see where it goes. But it's definitely should be a lead balloon for markets. And then Powell comes out, obviously. And again, I understand why he says this. Inflation is still too damn high. And lower economic growth is likely needed to bring it down. And 
we have to admit, I mean, obviously the labor market's been very stubborn. Um, you know, the housing market obviously is in disaster with 8% mortgage rates, yet inside the CPI or component is owner equivalent rent. And rents are stubbornly high because people have to live somewhere and rents are, they're getting those rates on rents. So what do you do? So I think I may be wrong. I don't think the Fed raises rates this year. I also am one of those people that thinks this, this Middle East thing gets worse. Um, uh, maybe I'm reading the fourth turning too much, but I absolutely see what's laying out in that book, and I'm seeing it happen in real time. Uh, everything they've laid out in the latest book, the fourth turning is here by Neil Howe. So um, I, I do think that unless if that doesn't escalate, um, I see another rate hike next year. John, I don't know. I mean, I think the odds are like 30% that we get one over the next couple of months. And I think maybe there's a wait and see because inflation seems to be headed in the right direction, but it's stuck at a level and they want to get to 2%. And I do think that they're going to have to inflict more damage. Yeah. Even yesterday when, when the Fed came out, you know, I mean, I think even, you know, he admitted that I don't know if he said this exactly, but he kind of alluded to, I think he is even a little bit surprised at what this lag time is for the amount of time that it's taking for these higher short-term interest rates to really kind of work themselves down into the economy and, you know, start to slow things down. And he said, too, it just, it's taking longer than anticipated, right? Yes, it's taking longer. Um, it's headed in the right direction. I just don't know if it's fast enough to uh <laughs> gordon is getting me on youtube today he's making me laugh yes tara watt year strauss and how books amazing prescient writers i will tell you if you want to pick up an excellent book besides the new longmire book i'm a big fan of longmire um by craig johnson but yes absolutely some of the best books out there they're very heady it'll take a while for you to get through them but boy they have been on target. They're not what I call doomsdayers. They're not, they're not that kind of doomsayers, I mean, and doomsdayers for doomsayers. They are just looking at cycles, seasons of a culture and saying that winter is here. And winter means that the, un, the fiber of your country unravels and creates something new, and it could be global war, civil war. So... Um, do you remember the Strauss title? The Strauss title. Oh, uh, I didn't mean to stump you, but I, I thought we'd mention that. Yeah, I can't remember that right now, but I do have the right on the top of my mind. Constellations. Yes. Okay. Thank That's you. right. Um, so thank you, Tara. Um, great books. Excellent books. Um, pick them up. Christmas is coming. Holidays coming. Yeah, right someone that wants to read. Yeah. That's a good one. I do think that, um, again, I think the market has been astoundingly resilient in the face of the geopolitical risk and where the tenure is. Uh, and listen, it's frustrating. I grant you that. Um, it's grinding. But at the same time, it seems something's holding it up. And that... It makes it more frustrating for an investor only because you don't have a clear direction. 
right? You're sort of all over the board. Um, first, it's AI, and now AI looks like it's lost its luster, right? So now we're in earnings. We'll see how that 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 goes. But for the most part, you know, to try to stay with your allocation, work around the edges, um, and at the same time, look at these bond yields, right? Owning individual bonds. Um, yeah, Christmas did come early for the TBT call <laughs> option players. That was a good move. Um, we get back, we continue the discussion, discussion and talk about the RMDs on Elm Street. You want to talk about something really scary? Required minimum distribution rules for inherited IRAs all over the place. When we get back, stay tuned. news you can use delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com welcome back so um i was just looking up the fourth turning book the original book that came out in 2009 and they were um and i always i just don't ever give william strauss the credit for being the co- co-writer i'm fixated on neil howe because i listen to him a lot but uh they both wrote that book by the way the kindle edition's 2.99 and the audiobook's only 5.99 i will tell you that is one of the best investments you will make i think i'm gonna to, go with the audiobook yeah yeah i like that yeah it's from a time management Just standpoint be for prepared me. to yeah. keep hitting repeat 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 the book is thick like one page because of all the information will keep you going. But again, it talks about, again, the cycles of, of cultures, and it makes absolute sense. I mean, th- this is not a political book. This is a book of how civilizations go. Um, and when you go through, and, and then out of winter, you get spring and new rediscovery. You know, there's nothing, it's not, overly negative it just shows you that you have to go through this season of turmoil and um you know so they have been absolutely incredible and then the newest book the fourth turning is here is about the winter and they do actually in the new book go through the overall again the sort of a recap of the fourth turning so take a look at it so it's a one of the highlighted by 3,078 Kindle readers, where once thought ourselves, where we once thought ourselves collectively strong, we now regard ourselves as individually entitled. That alone should get you the book. <laughs> Boy, is that true. Power to everybody, right? I'll tell you, I mean, I understand the entitlement, but there is nothing to me anyway like serving other people to to help them hit certain goals and reach aspirations or I don't know I I never felt I never felt that I wanted to feel entitled to anything um I, it, to me that's not a good feeling I don't I don't yeah. feel 
I feel better. And I, th- I think that's why I do what I do. And I think, John, that's probably why you do what you do, right, is helping others it really makes you feel good. Um, it, it's, 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 that's where I get the juice to, to keep going um, is to make sure others are making good decisions. And I love to hear when they do, and I like the stories, you know, how people grew what they did as far as businesses and, you know, the, the work ethic, their families, the, the, where their families came from. You know, a lot of great stories in Texas about families who came here and own land for over 150 years. I mean, just a lot of great stuff. So that, but this entitlement and not looking at the overall picture really, we have a bunch of entitled brats. Hmm. <laughs> I sound like Grandpa Simpson. There's a bunch of brats. But it's true. It's absolutely true. Yeah, I, yeah, I echo what you're thinking too, Rich. You know, when I... When I, I, I feel very blessed and be and very fortunate to be in this business and in this role. And, you know, yes, it's it's fun to talk about stocks and bonds and the markets and interest rates. And that's all very interesting. And, and yes, very extremely important, too. That's like icing on the cake. But right? it's, it's but like there's a much the icing off the cake. Yeah. But there's yeah. like a much there's this bigger component where mm-hmm. you really what I what my goal is, what all of our goals are here, really is to try to give you back or the folks that we serve, you know, the individuals that we serve, give them back or let them let them to be able to really use and take advantage of their most valuable asset and that is their time. Yes. Right where they yep. can go fully devote themselves to what they really want to pursue. Like yesterday I was visiting with a husband and wife and you know, the husband is retired and he now he volunteers on a regular basis for Habitat for Humanity, where they're building ramps and all sorts of things where they live. And mm-hmm. the wife volunteers at the local hospice center because she feels that she's been so blessed that she wants to give back to others. And mm-hmm. they were just so appreciative that, you know, now they have, they have they let us worry about this stuff so they can go do what they want to go do. And that right there is what brings me back every it does. day. It does. Absolutely. And one of the things that we're rifling over is um, required minimum distributions oh, it is. for 2023. Tis the season Listen, for RMDs. It's a landmine this year. It's it's simple enough if it's your IRA, right? And you need to take your required minimum distribution every year. Um, what's great is having qualified charitable distributions where people can donate their required minimums. Um, or portion of, and that uh, has been a boon. But it took. Remember how long it took for the IRS to finalize the qualified charitable distributions? It would you would be waiting for the last darn minute to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were a lot of retirees who, whatever they can give, are very generous with their required minimum distributions. And I'm not just talking about people that say have these massive required minimum distributions, you know, six figures. I'm talking people that just have, you know, just like you and I, they have normal distributions. They are taking some of that money and donating it to charity. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a great thing. But um, the RMD rules, the original SECURE Act, and then the IRS notices... The IRS has no clue. Uh-oh, I didn't say that, John Penn did. What? Um, uh, I think, was was that Danny? Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Danny, how dare you? We love you, Danny. We're thinking of you. 
So there used to be this draconian 50% R&D penalty. And then if you missed your distribution or the portion you missed, and then it went to 25, and now um, the Secure Act 2.0 iteration, whatever, is taking it to 10%. Uh, and if, um, but you have to, if you can, you have time to make it up. So, um, at two years, and and you can also have a waiver on it. So, but again, that that's before it used to be like clear cut. You missed it. You're paying the the uh, the penalty for it. Um, if you are taking your RMD on your own, your RMDs begin at 73. Used to be 72. Okay. But clients who turned age 72 this year qualify delaying until 73 years old. So if a client turned 72 last year, they're subject to RMDs this year. Anyone who turned 72 this last year still has to take the first RMD for 2022 by April 1st of 2023, and their second by the end. So you, you can bunch them up, but I never tell people to do that. I don't think it makes any sense. So, um, and eventually it moves to 75. Years old, so y'all all staying with us so far? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I'm telling you, but the but the scariest ones are the non-spousal inherited IRAs. So John has an IRA; he leaves it to one of his daughters or both of his daughters. They are stuck with the burden of figuring out how to take them, and we have a lot of clients in this in this predicament. We right? do. Where they go, Rich, I thought I had to take the money out of my dad's IRA when I, you know, over a 10-year period. But he was taking required minimum distributions. So do I need to continue those required minimum distributions? And I will tell you, the IRS went back and forth with this because originally it was. So it used to be John's daughters would be able to take it out over their life expectancy. So it sort of dragged it on nicely for their distributions. But now they have 10 years from the year after the benefit of the original owner's passing to fully liquidate the IRA. But the IRS never put the required minimum distribution rule in there. They would just say over 10 year period, that's fine. Then they threw in the it threw the wrench in the works, saying, "Well, if John was taking required minimum distributions, then the girls have to do that too. But they still have to liquidate fully by the end of year ten. So, what did the IRS finally do? <laughs> finally do it, John, for this year? They basically don't know the answer, <laughs> <laughs> and they so have they basically waived it. waived it. Yeah, again for twenty twenty three. So you don't. So to Rich's point." You know, you know, now for that non-spouse, for that child, for their non-spousal beneficiary that that receives that inherited IRA, you know, you had, you know, first it was you had up until the end of the year ten to take that money out. Well, they didn't know. Do I need to take a distribution years one little, through nine? Little did we know on Elm Street, instead of falling asleep and you track Freddie, you just show him your RMD statement and that would have scared him off. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that would have done it. Poor <laughs> Freddie would have, like, left the bedroom. He would have just melted right Honey, there. Honey, you can go to sleep, but just leave <laughs> your dad's beneficiary RMD statement on the, on the pillow. He will not touch you all night. So it is. It's, it's, you know, it is not surprising 
that they cannot finalize this. Now, here's the issue I have with this. Oh, thank goodness it's been waived. Listen, you have a ticking tax time bomb in your IRA, your inherited IRA, because you still have to liquidate by the end of year 10. So if I'm skipping my RMD this year, should I skip it? I'm encouraging most people to take it, John, because you just it's just creating more pain for you later to wait. Now, I do have a client that's going to be is in a much higher tax bracket this year. She won't be next year. So she says, Rich, I'm gonna I'm not gonna take it. I, I get what you're saying. I'm not gonna take it and I'm and I'll do double next year. Because again, we still have this end of 10 year issue that we have to deal with. So this waiving the RMD is not doing you really any favors. And you should look to take them. Now, this makes, and we'll talk about this on the other side of the break, why Roth is really important, especially from a legacy perspective when you return here on Financial Fitness Friday. Without Freddie, he left. As soon as we said RMD, he left the building. Bye, Freddie. Investment Advice blog. It's required reading for the informed investor. Catch it today at realinvestmentadvice.com. The uh, YouTube chat's all about long-term, long-duration treasury ETFs. <laughs> Listen, you know, I think sophisticated investors understand yields cannot stay at this level. I had a very smart investor I know uh, with institutional money bought long duration zeros. Mm -hmm. Like the best investors are going to buy when there's carnage in the street and they understand the macro environment and the narrative and that the narrative is going to burn away. And that's important, <clears throat> but most investors are just not going to get it. It's going to be about what's working now and not what will work. And I get it. I get it. We all want performance now. But again, you got to look things over longer periods. And when there's blood in the streets, uh, there's time to look at that. I'll never forget during the financial crisis um, when we were working out of that. I used to try, John, to get clients to buy bonds. And, well, here's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at ExxonMobil bonds, Kraft Heinz, Procter & Gamble, 70 cents on the dollar. Okay, you don't want to buy the stocks. Okay, I get it. Do you think Exxon, do you, if, if Exxon goes out of business, if nobody's eating any more macaroni and cheese, if Procter & Gamble goes under, guess what? Your money's not going to be worth anything anyway. If I buy the bonds, 
what am I losing? And some clients really embraced that idea and understood that it made sense. I could not believe the prices I was getting on those bonds. Because you know, if you hold it to maturity, you buy it at 70 cents, it's going to mature at the dollar, right? <laughs> it's mature at par. I'm like, listen, take some money. If it's the end of the world, your dollar's not going to be worth anything anyway. You won't even be able to buy some of those great orange candy corn pumpkins that we love. That's a really nice way to work that in there. <laughs> you like it? I really want those right now. I uh, indulged in those yesterday, I will admit. You went past my allotment. I always take out, I'm like a happy miser. You're like Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. I don't even know if that's a duck. But I'm like, okay, this is my allotment for today. Yeah, I start. I, the problem with those is if I start on one, it's over. So I'm better not. I'm better off just not eating them because if I have one, I'll just eat the whole bag. And you know, the family noticed too. They're like, "Where are all the candy pumpkins?" <laughs> like, oh, I guess the kids ate those. Oh, I don't man. know. You had an infestation. It was. I wonder if you could put those in your coffee if it's hot enough. Will they melt? They probably won't. I don't think it would be. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll let you try that coffee. and tell me how that goes. <laughs> That'll be like the flavor of the in, month. Put it in the blender. How Ooh. come they don't make candy corn flavored coffee? I've never seen that. I've never had either. Yeah. So James, roughly this time last year, no one wanted to buy tech. <clears throat> Nobody wanted tech. I mean, if you wanted to buy Meta or anything else, forget it. They were pariahs. It's the same thing for bonds right now. So I think some of the smartest institutional investors, I think Jeffrey Gunlock talked about purchasing long-duration bonds as well. So there is nothing wrong with having money on the short end and taking advantage of these great yields. There's nothing, the thing about it, you can have your candy pumpkins and eat them too. You can have the best of both. Mm -hmm. You can have some money on the short end, some money, barbell it, some money on the long end. Because we know what affects the long end is inflation and economic conditions. And we know it affects the short end. It's the Fed. So it's okay to do both. And if you are, say, a saver, and you need to put money away into your financial vulnerability cushion, you want to get a year's worth of living expenses in cash. Heck, these online banks that we've talked about for years on, these, on this show and telling people, get out of your brick-and-mortar banks, uh, have been great. Marcus, Allies, Ally, Synchrony, they have, these have been really good uh, overall. So there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I'm like a kid in a candy store, and I want this short end, but understand the reinvestment risk you're going to have if everything is on the short end of the curve. And when the Fed lowers rates, they just don't do it slowly. They will tend to move aggressively because something broke. I heard a guy today on Fox Business. I, don't, I mean, I really like him. I think he's really one of the best. But he says, well, maybe the Fed will start lowering rates once economic growth slows down. And I'm like, why? Why would the Fed lower rates? They want lower economic growth. Mm -hmm. They might leave rates where they are. But you need to see contraction or crisis for them to go ahead and now lower 
those rates. I don't just think they're going to lower rates because there's a slowdown. Say we go back to our normal trend line of one, one and a half percent, which he was alluding to. I don't see that at all. So if you are building a bond portfolio, you, this is a great time for you. I still think it's a mistake because our people go, listen, I should just put everything in bonds. Over the long term, they're not going to overcome inflation. They're just not. Okay, they're barely going to do it now. But to have the individual bonds in the portfolio or bonds or however way you want to use them, I mean, I have people that are looking at ETFs, closed-end funds. Have some We mm -hmm. looked at some, we did some research on closed-end funds and some that have some incredibly deep discounts right now and lower leverage. There, there are ways to do this smart and with rules and put together a bond portfolio that works. Yeah, and you, when you were talking about the longer duration or longer maturity bonds earlier, you know, you just, you just have to realize as an investor, when you go into those longer maturity, longer duration bonds, that time element, yes, you know, the prices of those long-term bonds are going to be more sensitive to changes in interest rates. So if you've bought some long duration bonds here lately, you've probably seen the value of those bonds pull back, but just that's, that's how bonds work. You know, don't get, you know, don't get you into freakout mode. If, if we go back, if the 10-year treasury halves, if it goes to back to 2.5%, just based on where demographics and economic growth is, listen, I don't think we're in some new growth paradigm with all the debt mm -hmm. we've taken on. We're in a period of time where we're awash with cash that's going everywhere. I get that. But eventually it drains away. Look at the consumer. Yeah, they're still continuing to spend. I talked with Danny. We had on the show about people that were out there just... They're barely working and they're putting thousands of dollars on credit cards to go on vacation. Something broke in somebody's brain during the pandemic. Here I was, the idiot, thinking that, oh, look at this. People are starting to see the value of saving. <laughs> I received a, a mailer I, I, from, I forget which credit, was it Capital One? No, I, I forget which credit card mailing it was, but I, you know, actually, I don't even know why I opened it in the mail, but I opened it. Mr. Penn, introductory rate of 29.17%. I was like, you're crazy. Introductory? 29%? Hey, you know, um, Come on. John's dog yesterday got an invite to Medicare Advantage. Jack. <laughs> His name's Jack. We had a... So, and I sent, Jack, the, I sent the picture to Rich. In dog years, he's 65. Yeah, so Medicare's coming after my dog. His name's Jack. And so Jack is apparently eligible for Medicare. How about that? <laughs> Joe Namath says... Even the dogs can take advantage of silver sneakers. It was Medicare Advantage. Yeah, Medicare. I mean, if he and yeah. if we sign up for it, if Jack, they if get, my, he gets a free ring light, free kennel time, ring <laughs> I mean, light. Why not? Maybe I should get the ring light. Listen, I would have signed up just for that for yeah. his doggy podcast. <laughs> Jack is getting a little older. Yeah, he's sixty-five in dog years. Oh, well, you know, Jack's made it when he starts getting postage from uh, the Neptune Society. <laughs> What's the Neptune Society? Oh, they want to cremate you when you're gone. Oh. Oh. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. We're starting to get those. Oh, oh, you're starting to get those, huh? This burns me up. Oh. Literally. Bada boom. Mike Leibowitz did do a great job explaining duration. Yes. On yesterday's show. He did a really good job. Um, you can go back and listen to it. But understanding the ramifications of what you do, um, these clients that are buying long durate, because zeros are even more whipsawed when it comes to duration, right? Because there's no coupon, mm -hmm. right? There's, there's a lot more bang for your buck <laughs> if rates fall. But man, it takes some intestinal fortitude to do it. 
Um, but I really appreciate people like that because they have, they may be wrong, but they have rationale for it. They have a lot of information they put together. They looked at both sides of the argument and they have a rule for how much they place in there. And I will admire that all day over a primal, oh, let me get into the hottest stock because it's got AI in it. Although that's been a poke in the eye lately. Um, so I just think that bonds are still your friends even more so, even though they look more like your enemy, you know, like your ex. So, um, John's like, oh, God. <laughs> no, let's not bring her up. Um, I need to mute myself real quick. I need to quick. mute real quick. <laughs> so Roth inherited IRAs. Beautiful thing. You know, when we do Roth conversion analysis, we take into account the tax, marginal tax rates of your beneficiaries. Boy, we went through a whole segment without talking about that, and it's the next segment. <laughs> oh, we I think it was off. the candy cord pumpkins. I think, man. Candy listen, pumpkins I'm, that I, did it. I go off on a tangent on this show because I'm still I'm sleep deprived. We'll continue whatever we were going to do. Let me get back. Investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. Is this the Butterball Turkey Hotline? No, Janet. This isn't Turkey Talk. It's Talking Turkey. Our next Candid Coffee, Saturday, November 4th. Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff will take your questions about the beefs you've had about money this year and the personal finance pitfalls that really cook your goose and some end-of-year money ideas to prepare you for 2024. Beef? Goose? Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com. Talk in Turkey about your money with Ratliff and Rosso. Realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show. I keep hearing people talk about what they're going to do when they retire. I'm going to have to work right up to lunch on the day of my funeral. Written by Lance Roberts. <laughs> that retirement thing, it doesn't sit right with me. I, I don't, I just, yeah, not my thing. I got to say, really, I mean, again, a lot of retirees are very mentally engaged, but I have to remain mentally engaged. And uh, I think work's a purpose, and I think it keeps you younger. Well, if you, you like what you do, it depends on where you believe me. You can't even sleep at night. I know, because I had to write an ad with Janet. <laughs> Just saying. I'm telling you, man. By the way, registration for that is not quite open yet. Yeah, we're working on it. Just to put a placeholder so, on your calendar for so November this the 4th. So coffee is going to be about, I think, personally, John, you'll see how you feel. Mm -hmm. I, I think this has been an incredibly frustrating year to be an investor. 
whether you have an advisor or doing it on your own, this has been, to me, incredibly frustrating. Yes, it has. Um, so what beefs do you have? You know, what, what personal finance issues have you had? What, what's been going on that we can address? And this is going to be sort of an open forum with your questions. We'll have some good end-of-year ideas uh, for you. But for the most part, we want to get a feel for how you're feeling about things. So, yeah, talking turkey. Man, I want turkey. I bet turkey would be great with a side of those pumpkins. I was just thinking that. Instead of cranberries. With a, yeah. a pumpkin candy corn glaze. Yeah. Who haven't thought of that? That's genius. That is genius. I think you need to patent that real quick. I'm going to think about putting it in my stuffing this year. See if I just shave it in there and see if anybody goes, Oh, yeah. It's funny. Wait a minute, but I sort of like it. Grated candy corn. Didn't you just tell me you hated candy corn? (laughs) Sneak it in the stuffing. Sneak it right in the stuffing. And only Brock's. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, Russell Stover does a pretty decent job. They're respectable. I'm going to give them a respectable check. A blue check. But... For the most part. Brox owns it. Yeah, Brox owns, owns it. Brox yeah. has the monopoly mm-hmm. on it. Um, but so who owns Brox? Probably China. <laughs> looks, looks like we do when I look at our pantry. Anyway, <laughs> just saying. Now I want to look, but I'm afraid because then it's going to totally turn me off. <laughs> they come from Russia. Um, I thought the ones looked like Putin, some of the scrunchy ones. They make something called caramel apples, too, that are the same, like candy corn. Have you tried those? Holy moly. They are so sweet, my tooth started to want to come out of my body. It was like giving me a... You start to shake, It was rattle. stabbing me. It was like stabbing me in the up in the gum. It was so... I mean, it was so sweet. Um, raw... Lance, you need to get here right now and like take control of this show because we have lost it. Um, Brent cannot contain us. It's, it doesn't work. Roth inherited IRAs are a beautiful thing. When we look at doing Roth conversions and we know you have children, grandchildren inheriting your IRAs, we, we implore you to based on their marginal tax rate, and we do the analysis to show if this works, that Roth would be a better place to, to be. Now, they will still have to drain the account. They will still probably have to take required minimum distributions. I'm going to make a bet right now, John, that the IRS absolutely rules for required minimum distributions along so. with the 10-year rule. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to go back to doing that because anything that's going to get them money every year on a consistent basis, even though it has to be drained by year 10, Right. Most likely, most people are going to be taking more than the required minimum distribution because of the 10-year rule. But if your children have to do that and they're in a higher marginal rate or your distribution is going to place them in that rate, then Roth is a really good legacy tool. Because it's not just based on, because people look at the break even of trying to make the money up from what they paid in taxes. But if you're looking at life expectancies of the children, because this is going to be a legacy asset, you could be looking 30, 40, 50 years out. It's yeah. definitely worth it. 
Here's a, from there's, tran- from a transferring asset perspective, don't you think? I'm sorry about that, Richard. No, no, you go. Um, yeah, there's there's been a number of clients I'm working with where you know for them really the Roth conversion, looking at the numbers, it may not make the like, it may not make sense for them right now, mm-hmm. but they still want to convert the money to the Roth for the fact that their kids won't have to pay the taxes when they inherit the money. It's more of a legacy planning at yes. tool for them, really. It's, at and this and point. it's grown in importance as such, yeah. based on this ten year rule. So I think it's very important for you to be more open-minded if this is a non-spousal inherited IRA situation. And I have people that even will say, listen, I want most of this IRA to go to my spouse, but I am going to carve out some with my children as beneficiaries. We see this a lot also in um, second marriages. Mm -hmm. So... Um, it has become the Roth conversion and the Roth inherited IRAs. They have become much more of a significant planning tool for estates. I think they've always been attractive as such, but now even more so with the 10-year rule. So keep in mind, a, a good advisor is going to run the analysis and they're going to ask you, oh, non-inherited, uh, inherited non-spousal IRA. What? Marginal tax brackets are your children in. And they're going to go, why are you even asking me that? I don't know. We'll find out. Because mm-hmm. we need it for the analysis um, overall. That's important. Um, so, again, we got uh, markets, Dow futures down 70. It looks like the 10-year has pulled back slightly. So that's not a um, bad thing. We don't have much in the form of earnings coming out this morning. Uh, I thought the bank earnings were seemed okay, John, overall. Um, Goldman didn't come out with, again, investment management. Mm-hmm. And Goldman has like sort of lost some of their mojo. A little bit of their luster. Yeah. I think eventually they get it back, but they have absolutely lost some of that right now. Um, third quarter, I think, you know, we look at GDP estimates – I'm surprised by where the Atlanta Fed uh, GDP now comes in, looking at such a, a tremendous boost to GDP. But I do think that Powell sees that too mm-hmm. and knows that he's got to talk tough to markets. Um, what I what I sort of what I sort of like is that the market seems to be digesting the information. When Powell used to make a negative comment or be more hawkish, the market would just like go up in his face. <laughs> that really probably ticked them off. Now it's sort of going, mm, maybe he's serious about this. Yeah, uh, I think overall. I don't know. You know, the, it, one thing with the Fed, at least I think, I think they're pretty open and pretty transparent, mm-hmm. at least about what's on their mind. And it seems lately that the market is digesting that I think pretty well. Yes. Like, like maybe no surprises here. I don't know. That, that's just my take on it. Actually, yesterday, even though the market was down, and again, we had to look at oil topping $90 a barrel. Mm-hmm. I think, again, I, I hope I am wrong about where this, this latest escalation goes. I think it gets worse. Uh, and I think, I, I just think this is much more serious than, and I think a lot of people do. I don't think the market's really fully interpreted it. Maybe I'm just not looking at it correctly. And that, that I mean, guess, it's just a guess. It just feels like there's much more involved in this process. So oil can maybe go to 100 bucks a barrel. 
So then you got to look at how that's going to operate, right, um, overall. So that's going to be a drag on things. So one of the highlights has been energy stocks to some degree. We took some profits in Exxon earlier in the year. We did add a little bit back. Um, Exxon did, I thought their pioneer purchase was actually very smart. If you haven't read the Wall Street Journal interview with the CEO of Exxon, it was one of the best I've read a couple of Saturdays ago. Well, actually, last Saturday. And um, it was really one of the best. If you pick it up, it's last uh, weekend's edition. So um, I think if we could see the market, the treasury market pull back a little bit, or at least stabilize here, we might... You never know how you're going to close. Dow futures have been steadily improving in S&P futures throughout the morning. So uh, Dow futures are down 40. So uh, it's always going to be keyed into where the bond market's going, isn't it? Yeah, lately it's it seems to be all about yields, all about rates. You know, for a while there I was thinking a little bit of Bob Dylan with, uh, you know, the 5% knocking on the door <laughs> of the 10 year, knocking on the 10 years yield, you know, uh -huh. um, but, uh, but we hit it, you know, we, we did hit the 5% and it has retraced. It'll, you know, every, it just seems like it, with a lot of the conversations that I'm having lately, it just seems that, you know, it's all eyes on the 10 year and, and what does the yield do? Right. I think it's tough. I mean, this new paradigm that we're talking about that I understand there's some labor hoarding going on. There are companies that are not letting people go because they're worried about getting them back. And it's nice to see people working. Many of these jobs are in leisure and recreation, healthcare. They're not like these top end jobs either. Mm -hmm. Sooner or later, mo these rate hikes are going to affect that. I mean, again, you look at the housing market, but I am one of those people that feels, I think depending on where, the mar where this inflation rate goes, which is pretty stubborn, Fed's got one more rate hike in them next year. I hope I'm wrong about that, too. I hope I'm wrong about a lot this morning, except the candy corn. I'm right about that. You are right about the candy corn Thank and you. The, the candy pumpkins. Thank you. That's all we got this morning. Have a great weekend. Lance back on Monday. Appreciate your uh, time with us today. Take care.